Hey there, it's Kellyanne. You're listening to Downstage Dallas, but you already know that. Look, I wrote and recorded this intro once, and now I'm recording it the next day. Why? Because I don't have to tell anyone that it's a scary time for theaters everywhere in the country because of the coronavirus precautions. Lots have had to cancel their current show or their entire upcoming season. And we know that. We know that. No one else needs to tell us that, including me. I hope this episode is like a time capsule someday of a long lost memory when we have to really think hard to remember what on earth was the coronavirus. So the intro I wrote last night was too dramatic, too somber, and that's not what I'm trying to do. The theater community nationwide is not dwelling on what they've lost this season. Instead, they're making new plans to move forward in spite of it all. That's what I want to talk about. I'm looking for theaters here in DFW who are adapting. The first on my list is the Classics Theater Project. Joey, Monet, go ahead and introduce yourself so that we can put names with the voices. Go ahead. Uh, hi, I'm Joey Folsom. I'm the artistic director of the Classics Theater Project, and I'm uh, producing, directing, and doing some design work for our production of The Imaginary Invalid. And I'm Monet Lerner, company member, and I am associate producing The Imaginary Invalid. And I want to get into your show and more about the Classics Theater Project in a little bit, but first I want to jump right into... The main topic at hand, tell me what you guys are doing with your show in response to this coronavirus craziness. Uh, thank you. That's a great question. Um, it's on everybody's mind right now. What we're doing is uh, we're continuing to produce the show, uh, but we made adjustments to the blocking to um, keep actors from touching each other and keep some space Uh we are controlling the rehearsal environment, making sure it's cleaning, just like we will with the performance environment, and uh, keeping the number of people around uh, to a minimum. Uh, and we'll be broadcasting it via live stream on YouTube so that everybody can enjoy it at home. Okay, I, I actually only knew about the YouTube part. I did not know that you were even changing the blocking, and I wouldn't have even thought of that. Right. Yeah, you got to take every every caution, you know. How many people are are? What's your cast size? Is it is it hard to reblock that many people to stay that far from each other? Oh, uh, the cast sizes. Let me see. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven people. I want to say maybe eight, seven. I believe. Um, and uh, really, there's only a couple moments in the show where you have more than three or four of them on stage at the same time. There's actually no moment in the show where every cast member is on stage at the same time. Oh, okay. And we'll get into this a little bit later, but I do n- I know <laughs> little to nothing about classical theater. So if I knew this particular show better, I would probably know that. I don't I don't pretend to act like an expert of anything I talk about on this podcast. Um <laughs> The idea of selling tickets to the live stream was and I, something that I first thought of as an idea that, that most theaters might take advantage of. It seemed, it seemed like an obvious option to me, and I, I've been actually kind of surprised to find that not a lot of theaters are. In fact, actually, you are the only theater I have found that 
is doing that. What's different about you guys? Do you have any feedback about that? Why, why nobody else is taking advantage of, of this option? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple reasons why. Um, number one, you know, with uh, shows that have copyrights, you know, where you're paying for the right to perform them, um, they stipulate you can't do that in most all cases. Um, you know, the imaginary invalid is uh, well into public domain. It was written by Moliere a very long time ago. So uh, licensing fee and licensing uh, contract doesn't apply to us. Anybody could do this show if they, if they felt like doing it. Um, also, there's the Actors' Equity Association, which um, prohibits uh, actors who are union members on stage uh, to perform and have it recorded or, or shown via broadcast, except in very special circumstances or if they're paying a lot of money, they can do stuff like that. But um, it, it's pretty hard to do. And uh, a lot of theaters... Uh, the shows that they had lined up for their season, the uh, ones they had going on currently or about to go on, they are right shows or they're an equity house that they're required to use equity actors if they're doing a show. Um, and then there's overhead that goes, I mean, uh, I'm sure that there's plenty of houses out there that, um, found if they weren't going to be able to sell tickets and sell concessions, then the, the cost gain ratio, uh, it, it wasn't worth doing. Um, even if they had the option of live streaming, they probably uh, are in a situation where their their cost gain ratio is is not looking good. If they tried to try to live stream it, we're unique in that sense. Um, uh, kind of lucked into the circumstances, I think. That's going to be one of those questions where I look back on and think, man, that was a stupid question. As particularly about the being in the in the public domain. Of course, once you said it, that makes so much sense of course they can't just be broadcasting it live on youtube but like i said i don't pretend to be an expert of anything i talk about on this podcast i'm here to ask questions so today actually dallas county made another move to to continue limiting us in you know social distancing and they suggested limiting all recreational gatherings to 10 people recreational means like the way they put it was like pick up basketball games and house parties. But if they're limiting, if they're limiting house parties to 10 people, I think it's not crazy to think that they could continue limiting other engagements. So how are you, how are you guys playing this right now? Are you playing it by ear day by day of what other changes might be thrown your way? Well, we're definitely taking it in stride, but we're also um, trying to uh, make contingency plans and, and think ahead. Um, and, you know, our, our company, it's, it's not recreational. It's, it's a business. Um, we, we pay everybody that works for us. Um, for some people, it is a part of their income. Um, so we, we don't look at it as, as something frivolous. We definitely look at it and uh, uh, the art, the craft in general as a necessity um, and, and as work. Um, and again, we, you know, we're lucky enough that um, uh, our production and the people that it take, uh, takes to, to run a performance, uh, we're right at, at that 10-person mark. So kind of worked in our favor, or I should say it didn't work against us. Uh, the, the safety of everybody involved with our production, the safety of the audience is, uh, is paramount to us. It's, it's very important. And um, 
some people might look at this as something that's not a necessity. We kind of look at, at art, especially in a time like this, as a necessity. Um, and getting it out there is, is very important and, and keeping it alive, even in these trying times. Um, so I, I just wanted to mention that. There are some people that might argue that uh, this isn't worth doing, um, but I, I think that it's probably more worth doing now than, than ever. Well, hey, I agree. I agree with that. I I am not one of those people who thinks that this is not a necessity. It is a necessity for for multiple reasons for for cultural reasons, for educational reasons, for workforce reasons too. I mean, the actors are paid professionals. They're not just they're not just doing this for the hell of it. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. there's actually work going on. It's it's not just it's not just it's not just playtime and volunteer hours at the theater. And what we're also doing uh, behind the scenes here is we're talking to other small businesses that are kind of suffering during this time, and we're partnering with them and um, making it, you know, letting them be known. And, you know, all of these restaurants that are closing down that are doing curbside service, you know, advertising those options and availability to people as well so we're we're helping each other you know which i think is really important in this time is unity you know even though we have to be separate and social distance i think us all coming together and supporting each other really important i agree yeah i think there's no better way to be uh, i think there's no better way to be separate together than um you know uh, netflix is great and disney's great that stuff's going to be there but uh you know for the price of of one of our tickets you can get everybody in your household together and watch uh, a live performance and be supporting uh, people in your local community, local artists during what's, I mean, probably the hardest time that, that art has uh, had to survive through since 9-11 um, in this country. Um, and it's, it's a way to, to uh, uh, kind of stay sane, <laughs> I think. Um, and, <laughs> The, the imaginary invalid. Uh, we were, we picked this show because of you know there was a lot of uh, Moliere comedies that we were looking at. We landed on this one because of the topic of, of medicine and healthcare and kind of poking fun at it, but also shining a light on it to provoke some thought. Um, and it's just kind of become more relevant uh, as these as these circumstances have uh, arisen. Really? And that was just by coincidence? I mean, when when was it that you picked this yeah, show? I, well, we picked the show. I picked the show last year. Um, you know, in politics, uh, gearing up for a uh, presidential election, and what most people deal with in their day-to-day life. Um, it, it's uh, There's a lot of health industry stuff, um, a lot of healthcare stuff. Uh, this last year, uh, last few years, actually, with my grandmother, we were dealing with a lot of that as she was coming to the end of her life and the, the costs and navigating the complicated uh, elements of that. Um, you know, me just being a, an artist in my life, um, figuring out how do I get health care, how do I maintain that necessity. Um, and then hearing my parents and some people um, talk about uh, this doctor and that doctor and what they prescribe and, and how there's sometimes contradictions watching the news and hearing some of the asinine things that people will say about doing this or that for your health. I thought it was a good time to make fun of it. And then there was a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, just out of the blue, coincidentally, 
right in the middle of your show about health <laughs> tell me about the classic classics theater project what who who's the who is this the brainchild of how long have you guys been around <laughs> i know that i first heard of you just within the last year and that's all thanks to social media yeah uh, well we started um a couple of years ago this is our third season um we uh, we've expanded this year to having four main stage productions and two season extras, which we fully plan on presenting to the public one way or another. Um, kind of going to be taking those uh, in stride as uh, uh, the situation develops and hopefully results. But uh, otherwise, we'll uh, continue to live stream, put out content um, live uh, for people to enjoy in the safety of their homes uh, with their loved ones. Um, what we're all about is, you know, uh, we, when we founded this company, we recognized that in, in Dallas, Fort Worth, where there, there's an abundance of theater, there was no company that was dedicated just to classical theater and, and classical theater in my mind casts a, a very wide net. It's not just something that is really old, you know, uh, a show that, uh, depending on the subject matter, the subject matter itself can make something a classic um, the, uh, uh, I, I look at it in a lot of ways, like, uh, I, I look at cars, you know, um, it, to be a classic car, you gotta be X amount of years old, but you also have to be a car that people care about. There's a lot of old cars that really suck. Um, <laughs> and those don't really count, you know? Um, so, um, uh, and the important thing is, is to present these things in this, you know, it was kind of a, a, a niche, a, kind of a gap in the market with all this theater happening. There was an abundance of focus on new theater. Um, and I found myself uh, as an artist, uh, an actor, a director, and producer, oftentimes wondering what well, might be new, but is it good or is it relevant? And I would see so much relevance in classic pieces that weren't being produced, weren't being put out there. Um, and thinking of them as missed opportunities, um, uh, opportunities that, that uh, could bring something to our community, um, some kind of message of uh, some kind of social relevance um, that we thought were, were worth putting out there for sure. And um, the response was great. We went from uh, doing a couple productions our first year um, to uh, three productions and a season extra after that. And uh, then this year, like I said, four uh, full main stages, two season extras, and that doesn't include uh, events, fundraising events. And uh, uh, so hopefully it just keeps going up from there. Tell me the details. Where do we get tickets? What are the dates? What's the location? Go. You can get tickets on our website, theclassictheaterproject.com. Uh, we're running over at Margot Jones Theater in Fair Park, the Margot Jones Theater in Fair Park. Uh, again, the show is called The Imaginary Invalid by Moliere. So when you purchase a ticket, you'll get the link to visit our live stream. And we're also going to be putting a lot more videos on social media to update you guys, kind of give you guys some behind-the-scenes action as well. And uh, we're all going through this together, so we just want you to feel like you're a part of it too. Yeah. Yeah, we're actually doing our photo shoot right now, so we're going to have some pretty cool pictures uh, about to come out. And... Um, you know, uh, we're really happy to be over at the, the Margot Jones Theater, uh, Magnolia Lounge, Margot Jones Theater in Fair Park, um, thanks to the Friends of Fair Park. Uh, we're really lucky to have the, um, 
the support of Table 13 in Addison, Arrington Roofing Company. Um, our resident artist company is underwritten um, by uh, Mike and Lisa Canterbury. Uh, we couldn't uh, make this uh, make this art happen without all of those people and so many more. Um, the website, it's it's you go to our website, theclassicstheaterproject.com, and buy your ticket off of our online box office portal, just like you would if you were coming to the theater in person. And uh, the link will follow uh, for the performance date of your choice. And again, I just want to tell people um, that, you know, it, it's great if they can make a donation. It's great if they can buy multiple tickets, even if they're viewing it together with people. That that just supports us. That allows us to keep making this stuff happen. But, you know, it's for everybody. Uh, we've set our, our price points at a really reasonable level. Um, and for those people that are getting cabin fever, that, uh, you know, are looking something uh, to, to watch something besides... Uh, the same movie or TV show on Netflix or on Disney. Um, it's a really great option at this time, and it helps so many people by doing it. And if you buy one ticket and you're watching it there with your friends, uh, your family, that's great. You know, we support that. We would uh, we would give it to everybody for free if we could. Um, but we've tried to make it as accessible as possible. Um, and we really hope that uh, people out there will uh, show their support for the Classic Speeder Project, uh, show their support for their local artists and so show their support for this show. Well, whether it is in person or virtually from my couch, I will definitely have a ticket and I will be watching. Joey Monet, thank you so much for for joining me today for this and best of luck going forward. Keep changing the blocking, keep changing however you're going to deliver it, do whatever you can to to get this to get this show out there. Thank you, and we are very excited for you to see the show. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I will include the links to tickets for The Imaginary Invalid in the description wherever you are listening to this podcast. And I know every theater company in Dallas-Fort Worth is abruptly making new plans right now for the rest of their season. Let's talk about it. Message me on Instagram at Downstage Dallas or email me at DownstageDallas at gmail.com. 